0: Welcome to episode four of the Chronic Faith Podcast, a Bible study for people living with chronic pain or illness. My name is Katie, and this podcast is an online small group where we can share our stories and encourage one another. Be sure to join the Facebook group, the link is in the show notes, so we can continue the conversation throughout the week. Every episode, we will have a biblical devotional and a tip or trick for living with chronic pain or illness. In season one, we're focusing on the healing miracles of Jesus. The fourth miracle of Jesus is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm going to read from Mark 1, 40 through 45, because it gives the most detail to the story. It says, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, said to Jesus, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, "I will be clean." And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, "See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing, what Moses commanded, for proof to them." But he went out the man and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in the desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter this account of radical and instant healing from jesus to a man with leprosy is quite amazing leprosy isn't something that you hear a lot about these days because of the medical advancements and the better understanding it doesn't have It doesn't carry the same significant social and religious implications that it did back in Bible times. Back then, if you had leprosy, you were isolated from your community, often forced to live outside of the towns and villages. This isolated them not only physically, but also removed them from social and religious activities from their families and communities. And when you came upon people, if you had leprosy, you had to announce your presence by shouting, unclean, unclean, to warn people of your condition. There was also this stigma associated with leprosy of being a symbol for impurity and sin, and people believed that it was a punishment from God. There was also the physical suffering that took place of the actual condition, disfiguring skin lesions, nerve damage, and loss of sensation. Because of the lack of medical understanding, there was no effective treatment for lepers, so they were just left to suffer, and their condition would worsen over time. When I was doing research on leprosy in this time period and read over the various implications of having it, my first thought was honestly, man, there are quite a few similarities to having chronic pain, having to cancel on families and friends and feeling that isolation from the distance that puts between us, the stigma that can come with chronic pain conditions of, well, what if you just ate healthier? What if you worked out more? Or what if you did this? But let's let's get back to our, our scripture and let's look back at that passage. Uh, Verse 40 says, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, said to Jesus, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. When this man kneels before Jesus and asks him to be made clean, that Greek word for clean is much deeper than a physical healing. This man believes that Jesus has the power to heal him physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That is a bold belief for this man to have. Even though Jesus has done several miraculous miracles at this point, this man believes that Jesus is the Son of God. It's easy when we read the scripture not to catch the significance of that because we know the ending. We know that Jesus dies, is buried, and conquers the grave uh, of death and sin and after he rose three days later. But this man suffering with leprosy doesn't, doesn't know how the story ends. But he believed that Jesus was the only answer to his suffering, that Jesus could make him clean and put him in right standing and connect him back to his community that he had been isolated from. Right after Jesus heals the man, verse 43 says, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. Jesus instructs the man not to tell anyone and go straight to the the priest to follow the Leviticus rules and rituals for cleansing and proving his miracle. It's interesting to me that even though Jesus is the Son of God, he still respects the religious rituals of that time. Now, verse 45 tells us that, The man did not listen to what Jesus says. It says, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in the desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. The thing that sticks out to me when I read this is that at the beginning of the story, the man with leprosy was isolated from his town and community and Jesus was in the city. And now at the end of the story... The man is restored back to the community and in the city, and Jesus is out of the town in the desolate places. Jesus was willing to trade places with the man so that the man would no longer feel lonely and isolated. The man was connected back to his community because of Jesus healing him. Now, Jesus can and does heal people instantly and radically in today's time. And he also heals people slowly and in stages. In college, I see, I received some physical healing. And then five or six years later, I received mental and emotional healing. Jesus desires to draw close to us when we're lonely and reconnect us to himself and to others. Now, sometimes when I don't know what to pray... And when I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling overwhelmed and I don't know what to pray, I turn to liturgies. Now, there's nothing fancy or special about these. It just kind of gives some words. And a book that I found is called The Lives We Actually Have by Kate Bowler. And I thought I would um, end our devotional time before going into the practical tip with reading from one of those uh, liturgies. This uh, liturgy is from the book, The Lives We Actually Have, and it's found on, um, it's on the topic of for when you feel lonely. So this is what it says. Let's just take a minute, take a couple deep breaths. God, there is a space here in my heart, in my life, I wish others could fill. Would it be embarrassing to admit that I'm lonely? I need someone walking with me, whose eyes see what mine do, whose ears are open to hear my thoughts, and whose heart can be cracked open a smidge more. I was not built to do this alone. I feel it in the transitions, God, in the moments I need someone to call, After a memory I don't want to forget, it feels like leaning back without knowing if I will feel the comfortable weight of being held. Could you remind me first that I am loved? That my needs aren't too much? That my personality isn't too absurd? That the details of my life deserve a record kept by another? Give me courage to look in the places, to risk reaching out, making plans with acquaintances who might turn into friends. Give me peace. Give me hope. Give me people. And in the meantime, remind me in the lovely moments that are still ahead. Now this liturgy is just an example of liturgies that you can find. You can find these online as well, but they're a good tool um, to use in times when I'm feeling lonely and just wanna come to the feet of Jesus. So I would encourage you to use those. But our practical tip for today's episode is very practical. Uh, It's about using technology to your advantage. So if you have a smartphone, you have access to a reminder app of some kind I've got an iPhone and the app that comes with the phone is called Reminders. Uh, I'm sure Android has a version of it too. And there have been seasons in my life where this reminder app was more of my brain than my actual brain. Um, I put everything into it. I'm talking about reminding myself when to shower, eat, take meds, calling specific people or doctors, resting, anything and, and everything I put a reminder for. Now... I'm in a completely different place in my brain recovery right now where I don't need as many or as specific reminders, but I still use it. Um, I set reminders for weekly things or bi-weekly things because those bi-weekly things, I can never remember what week is what. And I set a lot of uh, reminders for like mindset focuses or like resets of like reminders to, you know, take take a couple deep breaths or a reminder to... Kind of refocus um, back on Jesus and re- refocus on the healer. So that's how I use it right now. But it's super simple. The reminder app is easy to use. You just like name whatever the reminder is, and so if it's take the trash out or shower, um, and then you set when you want to receive that notification. So you set that specific time, and then you can set if you want it to recur every single day. Or weekly, or whatever that frequency may be. Maybe um, you have a reminder to pay your rent. Um, well, you have to write a check for it, or you know whatever it is, and it's a monthly thing. Whatever you can do to let technology do the thinking for you on those things that are super easy to forget but are important. So that's the tip for today. Um, I hope you found this episode helpful, and let's continue that conversation in the Facebook group, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.